Hello and welcome to Flamenco Attitudes to all the flamenco aficionados out there that are listening to us every week. Because of course, Flamenco Attitude is the weekly podcast that brings you all things flamenco. And to all of you who have listened to us before, and it's not your first time, we have explored pretty much any topic that we can think of. More, more recently, we did Christmas, which was a special. And of course, we talked about uh, flamenco religion just last week. But uh, along with that, we have talked about the flamenco lyrics and the uh, language of the cante, and also reviewed books, as well as um, a few amazing stories, um, one of them featuring the Gypsy Kings. So if you're interested, if you're new and you're interested to any, in any of those, uh, go back uh, to the episodes that we have uploaded and have a listen. Um, and to all of our returning um, listeners, Thank you so much for sticking with us. It's going to be another great episode where we will be literally going around the world. But before that, uh, our honorable uh, hello, welcome, and thank you to our listeners in Vietnam and the Grand Canaria. So pleased that you are with us. Uh, happy to welcome you as listeners. And uh, as always, if you would like to hear from us or write to us, please use Twitter. At Flamenco Pod is your place on Twitter. Um, this is where the website kind of has presence, and we tweet from there. And also, uh, culturepodcasts at gmail.com is the best way to write us a longer email in more than 140 characters. I think it was only Twitter that allows. But anyway, today a very special day because we are going with a listener recommendation. Uh, I believe our uh, one of our listeners from uh, Iraq uh, recommended that we do a, a, an episode on flamenco around the world. Flamenco in different countries, how it's seen, how it's celebrated, what is the music, maybe there are some alterations in terms of the rhythm. Uh, and cultural um, additions as well. Uh, so without any further ado, let's go on a trip, not for 80 days, but probably something like 40 minutes around the world with flamenco. Now, where do you want to start, Gali? Maybe Japan's, because that's an interesting place for flamenco. Yeah, I mean, the Japanese people are very interested in, in flamenco. Um, in my time, I had many Japanese guitar students. You have? Yeah. And... Uh, I've got a collection of records that was given to me by one of these students. He, he bought the whole lot for me. It's the complete collection of Paco de Lucia's guitar records, but all in special Japanese covers. Did that surprise you when you first found out that flamenco has uh, an interest in Japan? Well, Such a culturally different country. What surprised me was that um, the covers were all redone for Japan. So they didn't just use the, the normal covers, they decided to completely redesign them and cover them with all Japanese lettering. So that surprised me somewhat, yeah. yeah. Because in other countries, I mean, there are different versions of, of say, Paco's records, but in many countries, they tend to go along with the original cover and, and just put something different at the bottom. But whereas these are completely redesigned and beautiful pieces and you're not getting any of them by the way oh my goodness yeah of course no no gifts as always no recognition no respect you're not, you're no not even getting to see them. yeah i'm not even getting to see yeah i was expecting that you'll be covered here with everything but uh, and w what did your students or the people that you have obviously done concerts with from japan what did they tell? How did they get into flamenco? I'm interested in that. Well, I mean, in Japan, people are interested in many different cultures. Yeah. But in the case of flamenco, um, they they watch it on 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 television, 
um, many flamenco artists go and tour Japan. I mean, Paco de Lucia, as we've just mentioned, had, had massive tours of Japan when he was in the three guitar trio. And um, one of the things we're going to be doing, possibly even next week, is watching a very special film where uh, a Japanese woman, girl, is watching in Japan the funeral of Cameron yeah. and decides as a result of seeing this that she's going to go all the way to La Isla de San Fernando to see where he lived. And that is a Japanese production? It's not a Japanese production, no, it's a Catalonian production. So Catal it's another country, it's from Catalonia. It's from, yeah. so, because flamenco is very popular outside of Andalusia, so in Catalonia is another place where it's very big. Yeah, and um, I believe um, when I have seen films and, you know, just online, the Japanese people really like music, classical music as well. A lot of them play the piano and other instruments. Uh, but what is the reaction like when they, you know, perform flamenco? And well, I mean, what you've got to also realize is that many, uh, there are many Japanese artists working in Andalusia. Usually they tend to go for being a dancer. Yeah. So there are there are several uh, Japanese people dancing in, in Andalusia as professionals. And they live there as well, I guess. They live there, yeah. It's incredible, isn't yeah. it? Uh, did they bring, uh, that, that would be kind of a recurring question for every country that we discuss, are they bringing any of the Japanese music style into flamenco? Are they f doing a fusion? Well, there have, there, have, there have been records like that, and of course I've got them in my collection. Yeah, I think, I'm trying to think it's uh, Akira or something. They have fused flamenco with a long yeah. time ago, but they're tending to keep more pure now and stick to flamenco. Which is what you would like to yeah. see. Um, any, any recommendations for um, Japanese no, teams no, flamenco? No, no, I can't do that, no. no you no, can't? No. I will try to find. I will try to find um, a Jap Japanese artist. Uh, I can find a record for you later on, but whether you'd be able to to, to find that record, I, I've got no idea. We will no. do our best. Yeah. Uh, you have also given many concerts, uh, not only locally but in places like Amsterdam yeah. um, and throughout Ireland, uh, the Republic of Ireland, and yeah. um, Wales as well. Yeah, other countries like Wales, yeah, and Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what what do people how do people find them? Well, Holland is very interested in flamenco. Um, I travelled to to Amsterdam quite a long time ago in the eighties to give a concert in in the centre of Amsterdam, and the reaction was fantastic. You know, uh, the people love flamenco there. And the interesting thing about Holland is that they they have flamenco peñas clubs. They do. They do. Yeah. So in in Rotterdam, in Utrecht, there are actual clubs of, of, of flamenco where people meet and play flamenco. Uh, there's been many Dutch artists coming out and of course uh, in Rotterdam uh, where a very close friend of mine, son of, of my original teacher, went to do uh, an MA. So they have an MA in flamenco in, in the Rotterdam Conservatory of Music. So it's... Um, Holland is big on flamenco, they love it. Uh, you mentioned other things, I mean I, I've done uh, two tours of Wales all over and the Welsh people are very musical, as you know. Yes. But they they really appreciate uh, the different flamenco. And I, I did a, a tour w with a great guitarist, John James, and the rule was, he said to me, now, whatever you do, Marcus, do not say anything. Don't, I do all the yeah. speaking in Welsh. Right? You, d you just worry about your playing. And I will do the introductions and the talk, because yeah, they don't like people talking 
if you're going to do these type of things, it has to be done in Welsh. So I had to just stick to the playing. Yeah. Uh, interesting because we talked about John James when we uh, we had an episode on different genres yeah, yeah. where you you and you have performed with John and he was very humorous, wasn't he? In his uh, concerts. I mean, <laughs> yes, I mean you're going to refer back to when when we played Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I've done many Edinburgh festivals, and I'll come on to that in a moment, but you're talking about John James. The very last concert I did in, in, in Edinburgh, in Scotland, uh, John had a way of deciding whether I'd go on first or he'd go on first, and he said, no, you go on. It was packed out in, in this comedy theatre. And I was playing, I, can, I was playing very, very fast. I was very nervous, but I was... I mean, no bragging, but No, no, did. but I was, I was pulling it off. <laughs> yeah. And so I ended, and John came on, and he, he managed to find a, 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 an arm from, from obviously a model. That's yes. Like and, he, and he did this wonderful thing of picking it up, calling me back on stage and saying, but Marcus, you, you forgot your hand. And the, the, oh the, audience, the audience went... In the roar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a great way of, of calming things down and, you know, do you know what is interesting for me to find? Are, are we, by the way, being attacked by two hungry cats? Well, you you just keep talking. I'll, I'll just, just I'll just hold the front for you. Yeah. Um, it will be interesting to find out um, because for me personally, when I first came across flamenco, it was it was not the way I expected it to be. You know, it was pretty much a clash between what I had imagined flamenco to be and what you taught me that it is. Uh, so in a minute, please tell me what people from other countries, when they first hear you play or, you know, when they first encounter flamenco, it will be interesting to hear what the initial reaction is. Um, what do they say? <laughs> the cats are being fed. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's an incredible thing, Gali, that what, every time we decide to record this, yeah. they just the cats turn, are, they just have turn to be up. Fed. Um, anyway, getting back to... Um, to Edinburgh a very long time ago in, in the early uh, 70s I was approached by a company that said oh we'd be interested in you coming and doing performances in our theatre you see and you're talking about are people interested in flamenco in other countries like no 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 obviously like they are but uh, I'm, I'm just interested in the initial reaction yeah well this is what I'm about to say to you because yeah. uh, so I said well what you know I was very young then I said what does this involve well, you'll be on every every night. Oh yeah, what what, what sort of time? They, they said, well, you'll be on at about twelve thirty, one o'clock. So I thought you're not was, having it. So I thought this was lunchtime, but no, they meant at night. The special, yeah, yeah witching hour. Almost. And these are the times when uh, in Edinburgh, you know, the pubs all close at I don't know nine o'clock and ten. You know, there's no no. So it's so I I thought to myself, well. Will anybody come? Yeah. And the incredible thing was, the audiences were enormous. And they built each week. I did three weeks every night, except for Sundays. And so the, the, the Scottish... I've even got letters upstairs where people have written to me from Scotland saying, oh, I never forgot when you came and played. And of course, it was, I didn't have a singer or a dancer or anything. Just me on the guitar at 12.30 at night yeah. in, in the capital and of Scotland. And the 70s and 80s were very much the rock era yeah. of music. So incredibly, you captured them with a completely different genre. Well, also, I think, yeah, you, you're right in a way, because it was the time of the, of the guitar. 
The guitar yes. was very big, you know? Uh, so, you know, people were interested in the guitar. The guitar could sell things. Yeah. But to, to cut it short, um, I went back to Scotland uh, for many, many years doing all these Edinburgh festivals. And at the time, in this era, you had Antonio Gaddis coming to mm. Edinburgh, Mario Maya. Yeah. So, so he, in the main Edinburgh festival, flamenco was seen as a very, very important aspect. Of it. Yeah. The yeah. Now, you're probably going to ask me about Ireland. Well, we're on these, these parts. Interestingly, yes, because we're um, in a minute going to go back to London. But yeah. tell me about Ireland. What is the feeling there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've I've toured Ireland on on several occasions, and I went to a, a wonderful festival in Letterkenny, and the reaction was amazing. You know, again, a bit like Scotland, loads of people turning out for the concerts. Uh, they love it, you know, and wanting individual concerts and big concerts uh, in castles and outdoor, you know. How it, atmospheric uh, is it oh, for you to perform it, 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 in a castle? It was castle. wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I remember going to it. So, so I, I can't remember the name of this castle, but I had to sit on this special seat and perform to a, a unique audience, you know, in a real castle of yeah. a lord. Yeah. yeah. And so the people love flamenco in, in Scotland. So, so it's clear that, you know, Scotland, Wales... Uh, Ireland, uh, don't tell me why. I suppose it's because flamenco is seen as a universal music. Yeah. Well, even though, um, this is why we're discussing it today. Let's take, for example, pop music, right? Which is universal, and flamenco is another universal type of music. That could be not, not be, could be the... Uh, that may not be to the taste of everybody. No. But to capture a nation... Um, or a place with yeah. it. It's quite something. Yeah, it? it's it's part of the unique selling point of, of flamenco. I mean, obviously, people tend to associate it uh, with dance, and we, we've already tried to point out it's it's a song form. But if you've got a guitar and you can play flamenco, you'll attract an audience in many countries of the world. Yeah. What do you think it's about flamenco that brings people together? Passion. It's the passion, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. Beyond doubt, passion. And a lot, uh, tell me why a lot of flamenco people love to come to London and live in London and perform in London. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, there, in, in London at the moment, there are many artists from, from yes. Andalusia. Um, we communicate with some of them on Twitter um, in places that put on flamenco concerts yeah, as well. Yeah, so. I mean, you, you, you came to my flamenco wedding. I did. And, and you saw two artists from Andalusia, Jasmine and Tito performing at that. Um, and one of my great friends is, is Mario Basalisco. Uh, his family are originally from Gibraltar, and they all live in London. His brother was a great player. And, you know, the tales he used to tell me, you know, about the day he comes back from school and who's sitting, you know, in the chair in his house, Paco de Lucia. Oh my God! <laughs> Imagine coming back from school and somebody is in your chair, and that's not just any old person. It's Paco de Lucia, yeah. <laughs> just casually. Yeah, because um, when Paco came, Paco used to come to London a lot. He did masses of concerts. I, I've been to. Obviously, we've already talked about his great concert at the Wigmore Hall and all these different places. Um, but London has always attracted. 
many, many artists who make their base there. And of course, London has always had flamenco venues. The way, when I was a little boy, I used to go and, and play sometimes in, in a venue called the Shandos, which is in Trafalgar Square. Yeah. And then there were always these flamenco clubs where you could go. And so when artists came over to do a concert, they would also do the nightclub thing in later on after the concert. So there's always been a tradition of flamenco. And of course, don't forget, uh, in the 50s, you had Antonio coming over, the great dancer. It, it's a big tradition. In the 30s, there were flamenco artists coming coming to London. And you had, you know, uh, much later on in the 60s, Antonio Mairena uh, coming to London. You know, there's been a whole history because London people have always supported the flamenco. And of course, you have a, a, a series every year at Sadler's Wells. Oh, um, they bring Tomatito, all, all the great people. Is he going to be? Obviously, uh, well, I've been, I've been seeing him there in, in yes. the Sadler's Wells, yeah. Yeah, incredible solo thing and then you know I took some neighbours of mine to see and often you see the incredible thing about London is you can live in Andalusia as I have and you may not ever get to see Tomatito in a concert but if you go to London you will see you him. will see him <laughs> so yeah. he goes probably to bigger gigs now yeah, only yeah, bigger gigs yeah. Uh, where does he reside at the moment? Was it in, in Almeria? In Almeria. Why? Why did I think Mexico? I must be confusing it with yeah. another artist that you've told me about. And what do what do English people um, think of flamenco? At least initially, because you may tell me that they kind of maybe warm up to it over time, or I don't know. Well, they always no. think of it as dance, okay. and, and yeah. in a way that leads on to a tale that I'm going to tell you because I've only recently. Uh, met this lady, John, John Osborne. Yeah. yeah. So I was in Jimena last year and I was doing a gig and I met this lady and she said to me, Look, I used to go and, uh, when I was just a young girl, very young girl, and perform in these massive halls with the top flamenco artists because I play the castanets. Right? Mm. Anyway, I and she said, my mother used to say, you're not going. And, and I'd sneak out and get, get to these. Get the castanets and yeah, yeah. So I, I invited her to come and I played for her. And if you, you know, the custom way, the, the palillos, you know, I've never seen anybody play it as well as this person could. So I met her in a restaurant and she had the very castanets from this era in the 60s. Yeah. And she said, oh, I've had to slightly replace this little bit here. Yeah. And off she went. And you've never seen anything like it. We were in this restaurant I was playing, and the whole restaurant was just like... Taken aback. Yeah, they couldn't... Wow. They, they'd never seen it. So she kept up her technique. A London person now living in, in Andalusia. Well, on that note, I'm going to bring up the story that you told me about yourself. How another English person goes to Andalusia and wows people to the point where they don't even uh, believe that this happened the next morning. Tell me about the, the, the conversation that you overheard um, after you performed an impromptu concert. Oh, yeah. Please yeah, tell yeah. me. Our audience would love it. Please. Yeah, say. yeah. Um, <laughs> we were in a, in a very small village and um, I, I happened to go by a wonderful bodega. Yes. And, and it was packed full. It was at Saturday. Oh, no, sorry, it was Friday. That's right. It was Friday. It was full 
of what we call the funcionarios, all the council workers, and they were all drinking litronas, litres of, of, of beer by the hand in the, yes. in the bottle. And I walked in and straight away to me says, ah, you are a flamenco. And, and I said, no, 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 yeah, you are. <laughs> you are. Don't try to hide it. And I said, no, I said, oh, no. where's your guitar? I don't know. It's, it's, oh, come on. So my poor wife yes. was then sent off, and it was quite a long walk. Thank you, Freddie. <laughs> to go and collect this guitar and come back. And you imagine the temperature in this place was like, you know, hit heading for 45 degrees or more. So I start playing and we have a massive session. And it goes on and on and on. And the only way, the sweat was pouring off me. The only way I could get out, I knew I had to do it the flamenco way. So I took off my shirt, walked with my guitar with a little dance out of the door, <laughs> up the hill. You danced your way out. <laughs> yes. So then the bit you like is yes. the next day we go back to the bar. I'm sat at one end, and at the other end is two two people, and they say, "You overhear the." Did comments. you hear? Yeah, they say, "Did you hear about this thing that happened here yesterday?" Yeah, what was that? Was this? Oh, I said, "Well, some flamenco, flamenco." Yeah, yeah. But you, can you believe this? The person behind this was some Englishman. <laughs> And they say, what a disgrace. What a disgrace. <laughs> well, that just goes to show that if you have the love for the genre, you will do it anyway. I mean, maybe a lot of Andalusian people don't even play or perform for No, me, they don't. They don't. That's, that's the problem. You see, there's an assumption that everybody knows how to play flamenco. Everybody knows how to dance. It just doesn't work out like that. Well, tell me a bit about um, the Netherlands again, uh, Rotterdam. Have you been to a flamenco peña or club? No, but I've watched them um, because, incredibly, as you know, we're followers of Canal Sur. Yes. Uh, under the sea in television. So they've done specials on people who live in these places or the peñas in these places. Yeah. So I've actually seen what they do and it's incredible. They've got... They've sort of almost copied what a peña club looks like in Andalusia and built it in Rotterdam and Utrecht. Does yeah. that attract, uh, would you say, people who don't even know what it is and just want to explore a complete novices? No, I think it attracts the real hardcore. The real hardcore yeah, deals. Yeah, yeah, they're real hardcore people that go to these clubs, yeah. Well, one thing that um, really, you know, I admire is the fact that uh, somebody uh, who was, a, I believe, a friend of yours was a Ian Davis, yeah. a guitarist from London, um, managed to release a record in Australia. Yeah. I admire that because this is not a tip, uh, an Andalusian artist. It's rather a, f you know, a foreigner yeah. to that genre. Yeah. Manages to release that in another country that's not associated with flamenco that yeah, much. Yeah. Tell me about him. Well, I mean, Ian was, a, Ian was from London. I, I, he was a little older than me. He was a wonderful player, a, a prodigy, really. And when he was very young, he, he got to go and live and work in Madrid with Serenito, one of the great artists. And he made many records, and I've got quite a few of them, but the one record I haven't got, and I'm still after it, is the one he re was released in Australia, Flamenco Excitement. And uh, this, this is quite a difficult record to obtain. 
I'm hoping to get it. It doesn't come up very often, but it shows you that even in that time when he was recording, there was a big interest in Australia for flamenco records because this this particular solo record wasn't issued uh, in England, as far as I know. Only Australia? Yeah. And it was sold out, you believe? Yeah, oh God, yeah. Yeah, sold out. Yeah. If you can get me one, Gally, I'd be great. Well, if, if any of our <laughs> listeners from Australia have one that they're happy to part with, you know, write to us because Marcos is a bit uh, desperate for it. And New Zealand as well. Yeah, well, I, I had students from New Zealand. I can remember one lady in particular used to come for lessons here in, in my house in Oxford. And she said, oh, we love the flamenco in New Zealand. And then when she went back, uh, she wanted me to uh, send uh, recorded lessons, you know, so I would send her a little cassette with some paperwork to go with it and s explaining what to do and all like this. So she was very, very keen on, on flamenco. And, I mean, you've, you've had records uh, like uh, Juan Serrano, which I've got upstairs, yeah. where he, he, you know, he's recorded with all the great singers. And this record, again, a bit like the Ian Davis, was issued in New Zealand. And I've, I actually have got the New Zealand edition of that. Why one. do you think a country like New Zealand would be interested in flamenco? Well, the lady used to say to me, yeah. in New Zealand, we, we've got so little things to do. You know, we need something, you know, because New Zealand is made up of two two islands, as it were, yeah? North and South. And I wouldn't know. I'm not an expert on this. Yeah, but, I can't and, vouch and, for and, you know, she was asking whether I'd come out and do lessons there, and you think, God, <laughs> that would be an interesting adventure. I, why, why, why didn't you do it? <laughs> well, it's, it's such a green. It impresses me as a very green place yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah. So people need other interests, and so they reach out to things like flamenco to to keep themselves going. Now, our next destination is really exciting because this is uh, the place where every young person uh, in America who wants to be anybody, especially these days, goes and lives. This is, of course, California. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> California has got many Andalusian artists. Or Cali, as Cali. we call it. Well, I've not heard of it. I've heard of Cali, but not Cali. <laughs> yeah. um, Flamenco artists have always um, lived in, in, in California. It's a place where uh, there's a lot of interest in flamenco. Obviously, it's originally a Spanish place in itself, but um, they love working there. There are clubs. And in my younger days, I used to get a magazine. I don't know whether it was every month, whatever, uh, put together. And, and there's a wonderful writer out there called Paco Sevilla. Mm -hmm. And you had this magazine, uh, Jaleo. What does Jaleo mean? Well, Jaleo is when you're having like a flamenco party. All right. And and the the atmosphere we get, and now the cats are playing. And now the cats are playing, of course. Yeah, they play their own instrument. Jaleo uh, was a, a wonderful uh, magazine that I used to get every month from California, and then another magazine uh, took its place. And I, I can remember actually being in this very house when I got a phone call from uh, an editor of one of these magazines, and from California, and he said, Marcos. You won't believe it. I've got... He's here. I'm going, who? Paco de Lucia. He's, he's, he's. <laughs> I love how Paco appears at places that you wouldn't even expect him, at times that you wouldn't expect him. He just, he's just there. Um, and uh, was the magazine... 
produced especially for the place you know was it themed like yeah, a well, California well no it was what great was because what it did it brought together all news from Andalusia to California and local news of the Californian artists so it was a mix of the two mm. and I've got loads of editions of it I used to you know it was a real treat when that came through the letterbox because they they had people watching out for all key news in Andalusia and then of course the rest of it was all their events that were coming up and photographs of previous events and what they were planning to do and then it had a directory of who you could learn the guitar off the dance the song and all the rest of it yeah. so yeah I mean California is a, it's always going to be a, a big place for, for flamenco there's no doubt about that yeah well yeah of course anyone who's listening if uh, our audience um, in the state of California write to us tell us whether things have changed whether it's gotten better or quieter yeah. for or whether flamenco. they've got a digital magazine now oh yes yeah do you know what if if there are digital magazines send us send us links send us yeah. links we would love to see it Another interesting place, next stop on our um, kind of journey, is France. And of course, when we talked about the Gypsy Kings, we touched upon the fact that they are, were in southern France, weren't they? Yeah, they are there in, in the south of France, yeah. Um, Flamenco is big there, though. Flamenco in France is massive. Um, there's a friend of mine who, who you met at my wedding who, who, who promotes concerts in France sells the tickets for them and all like that now you've got to think about if you went through part of my collection upstairs of vinyl a very large proportion of that would be issued in France so there's definitely a market for flamenco in France and the best example of France and flamenco uh, apart from Manitas de Plata and the Gypsy Kings that we talked about is Camarón going to Paris Mm. on two occasions and you know you're talking about a serious amount of spectators you know unbelievable yeah and of course you can you this is you want a recommendation let's put on a track from Cameron in Paris which you will find on your on your Spotify list because uh, he he became we're going to do him in big detail soon I know but he was called you know the, the Mick Jagger of, of flamenco by the on the Paris newspapers they by put the him Paris. on the front have you spoken to French artists or French people who tell you their impressions of flamenco well I, I know many people who are French who play flamenco and they regard themselves as flamenco people like anybody else they don't see themselves as oh I'm a French person playing flamenco they just say well I'm a flamenco artist, artist. and yeah. do they keep up the traditional sounds oh very much so yeah. and the interesting thing about France is that it went in in previous times in, in a big way for the anthologies and so these are these very heavy box sets of vinyl that have got every artist and every style on and France produced a lot of these very they, thorough then. yeah yeah and you know these are the kind of things that you you buy for your dad at Christmas <laughs> if he likes flamenco. Well, if he buy for you for Christmas. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a little bit diversion because this is not one of our stops next stop is actually really interesting but um, because it's close to France, we are also talking about, uh, especially Cameron performing in Switzerland. Was did he? I don't know about Switzerland. In no. Montreux, I think. Oh, the Montreux Jazz. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yes, he did. He was asked to perform in the Jazz Festival. Yeah, which um, that was one. Of, you know, I'm sorry about that. I should have picked up on that. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, he had a promoter at the time that decided it'd be a good idea. And of course, a bit like the Paris things, it was a massive. 
a massive gig to do and he went there and he was on with some of the greats of jazz oh yeah it was part of the overall build so that is uh, actually a little bit of fusion there well he didn't work with i don't think he performed with them just alongside them and you can get recordings of this so you might well be able to to find that with that as well Yeah. yeah very very exciting now we're heading to south america and shout out to all of our listeners in um south america you have been brilliant um with you know following the podcast every week uh, and we're particularly going to focus on chile and venezuela yeah i mean chile has always been into flamenco uh, many artists have traveled there and <laughs> in, in my very road here are some Chilenos who came to live and one of them is a is an eminent doctor and he used to tell me how as a even from a young man and boy he always listened to flamenco on the radio or whatever and he comes to our flamenco concert every every time we run it and he's mad on flamenco and he, he knows an awful lot about it and he knows all the artists so Chile is a country that has always followed flamenco now you mentioned another country of America, Venezuela. Um, again, incredible afición for flamenco. And what you're going to do before we conclude is you're going to take a photograph of course of of Camarón. And Camarón didn't like travel, but he but he did a lot he, of it. He, he did go <laughs> to Venezuela, and there you've got him on his return from. Venezuela, where he yeah. did these Antonio concerts. Arenas regresa yeah. a España. That was his guitarist, yeah. Uh, a España regresa Antonio yeah. Arenas tras cum- cumplir una larga y exitosa temporada yeah. en Venezuela. In Venezuela, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, which is interesting because in later on it would be quite hard to get him to travel anywhere. But um, And you're going to take a wonderful picture, well, yes. two pictures of, of him actually in, in Venezuela. Definitely. Yes. And you're not having this record, by oh, the way. Yeah. I can't even play it. I don't have a vinyl uh, player yeah. like you do. <laughs> but maybe you'll buy me one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, a, a turntable. Why not? By the way, I subtly request uh, gifts from Marcos and he has to. No, he has it's, to. All, it's all in hand. It's all in hand. <laughs> but what, what does your neighbor say? Because obviously he's an, a Chile native, now lives here. Um, did he share any memories with you about people going on flamenco gigs there? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, he talked about often watching it on television and listening to it on, on, on the radio. And he, the incredible thing, he, he knows the names of all of the artists of, of, of that era. Yeah, yeah. So it's they followed those people uh, um, don't ask me why, but for, for whatever. Well, actually, if you think about it, it was the people from Andalusia that went to America and created all these places. So there's a natural link, particularly in language. Yes, I was going to say, because do you it's think not, the language is. We're not talking is... about Spanish, because what we're talking about here is Andalus, you know, and how the, the people speak the same way in, in Chile as they do in Andalusia. So, because obviously that's where the original people came from. Mm. that settled there the settled of course um and from chile in venezuela uh we are going to that's not quite the end yet but we're going to talk about catalonia now yeah yeah now i mean catalonia um has got a historic role in flamenco because 
obviously during the Franco era, many people from Andalusia went to Catalonia yes. and were helped by the by the Catalan people. And also another historic thing about Flamenco in different countries is the recording houses, all the all the big labels were in Catalonia. So flamenco artists went there to record the 78s originally, the LPs, all the rest of it, the singles. That's where they went. Look, Catalonia has always had a history of loving flamenco. Now, one of my great friends, who you know as well, Ignacio, he goes to Catalonia often just to perform the, the bulería of Morón, mm. of Diego, because he's able to do it. And there's a, a huge building there where the people pay just to come and have a, a meal and and watch him perform this mulleria that lasts about 25 minutes. And it's, it's quite a feat to be able to, to play it, you know, yeah? Yes. Uh, and Catalonia, you know, is always... And, of course, there was, um, you know, a, a former person from, from Oxford University that uh, is a wonderful player, and he went to study. They've actually got in the university in Catalonia uh, an M.A., and I think you can do a doctorate in, in flamenco. In flamenco studies. Yeah, you can yeah, become a professor. Do you have Catalan friends or have you worked with people from that area? I haven't. Uh, oh, actually, no. Do you know what? I'm telling you wrong again. Because my sister ran restaurants in Catalonia and um, she said, you've got to come and do a concert. And she brought in a set of artists that I had to play for that all arrived from Barcelona. So again, I see, I'm telling you. Yes, and what, how, what, oh, what were they, they were, like? They, they were wonderful. And, and you know, they, Did they, they appreciate? They're, they're just like Andalusian people. They, they follow every aspect of, of flamenco and they know everything. And don't forget, Camarón ended his days, sadly, in Catalonia. Yes. Yeah. And but obviously um, before that he, the family came from Andalusia, I guess, to see him and all that. Yeah. I read in your book it was an interesting story, uh, even though sad. Now we're gonna cool things off a little bit because Russia, uh, of course, is another place. And I mean Russia, I think also um, is uh, a country that appreciates art a lot. When we talk about literature, when we talk about music, uh, Russia is a a great example of development of those genres. Um, and somebody did a mega concert there that people still talk about. Well, apparently. as far as I know, and people correct me if I'm wrong, Paco de Lucia did, did go and perform there. And, and is again, the, the thing about that country is there are, not so much with the singing, but there are an with awful lot of dancing. people with the, or, yes. and the guitar. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. They're very keen on that. Yeah. They, they love that. Russia has great dancers with the ballet yeah. and, and all that. Yeah. So, um, And d has he, you know, in interviews or anything like that, have you followed uh, reactions from there? Yeah, I mean, it, the, there used to be stuff from, from in these magazines that I told you about. And I know we're going to do a whole uh, podcast on, on, yes. on, on, on magazine, flamenco magazines, but there used to be, you know, news from Russia about what was happening yes. on the Russian... Flamenco, and there are uh, established Russian uh, flamenco guitarists. Yes. Yeah, and they all follow, obviously, uh, the way of the maestro. <laughs> we are oh, sad that we're coming to a conclusion, but a very nice uh, ending to a very nice place. Uh, practically, maybe you would agree, and the the rest of the world would agree. 
a lot of the culture or language or anything originates from that place. We're, of course, talking about Greece. Yeah. Now, I only discovered this last night. Right. <laughs> Though, as you know, I go to Cadiz all the time. Yes. You've been there with me. And a retired singer, Juanito Villar, uh, is always in, in the particular area, Barrio La Vina, and he has his own flamenco club. He's made many records and he's always on television. And I just happened to go online to have a look at some old Juanito Villar. And incredibly, up it comes with all the lyrics translated, subtitles running along the bottom of the video in Greek. All in Greek. So somebody in Greece has got hold of this video Listen to the canti, the flamenco yes. songs, and I mean, you know how difficult Greek is to read. Yes. I mean, and translated it all into Greek. I mean, you talk. This is like a concert of about an hour or something. You know, so there's a lot of work there. So I've never thought about Greece and flamenco, but last night I learned something different. Thank you so much for joining us for another what was to me really interesting episode and really nice episode because we went through different places virtually, of course, about flamenco around the world and um, how the genre is developed around the world. It will be nice to do a follow up on this episode at some point with updates and more countries added to the list. But uh, if your country was mentioned, please uh, get in touch and tell us whether we uh, got it right or wrong or um, if you would like to add your personal views um, on how flamenco is regarded there it would be so nice to hear from you at flamenco pod um, on twitter uh, for a brief message and culturepodcasts at gmail.com for a longer uh, letters uh, as you have been writing to us of course uh, until the next time whether you listen to play or learn about flamenco remember to always follow the beat <laughs> <laughs>